tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boostbytaxday to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome to the Philippe Matthews Show at thepmshow.tv. Named the Oprah of the Internet by Mark Victor Hansen, Philippe Matthews doesn't ask questions that are different. He simply asks questions that make a difference. The Philippe Matthews Show features entertainers, bestsellers, authors, thought leaders, change agents, and world-class experts in the field of personal, spiritual, and professional development. An Internet marketing entrepreneur, Philippe is the creator of the How Movement, dedicated to teaching people how to move from the mindset of hope to the process of how. If you are ready to take your life to the next level, move from the mindset of why to the mindset of why not. Tune in right now to this latest edition of the Philippe Matthews Show and watch your life grow. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen, on the Philippe Matthews Show, and we have uh, Dr. Meg Blackburn Lofi back with us on our series on consciousness and energy, and it has been, if you've been tuning in, uh, and and listening and watching them, they have been absolutely miraculous. Uh, today, we're not falling short either, uh, as we have her back with us uh, to uh, talk even more about uh, energy uh, and consciousness. And uh, you know what happens uh, when we spiritually? What happens to our soul when we spiritually die? How are you, Doctor Meg? I'm great. It's great to be back. Hi, everyone, and thank you for being with us today. Fantastic. So, uh, you know, as I always do, I've got my pen ready and I've got my, <laughs> my pad here. <laughs> I am in class. And um, the, our, our last uh, show uh, was uh, absolutely amazing. And we talked about what happens when uh, uh, we, we the body passes on and when I, what, I, what happens to our soul and, 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 We've started to delve into various different ways of what what happens to us uh, uh, depending upon the type of death and the way that death occurs. Uh, and so I wanted to talk this time more about death and hauntings and 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 uh, why we see certain things on certain dates, uh, you know, uh, like a ghost train or troops marching and various different things that uh, if older guys, all of these very esoteric, taboo, dark subjects that people are afraid of, but really there's nothing necessarily to be afraid of. So um, talk to us about, set that foundation for us. Sure. Well, in our last episode, we talked about how we're etherically put together, the kind of anatomy we have outside of the physical world and how all that supports us and helps us create the life we want and expresses us as an aspect of creation mm-hmm. and there comes a time where that part of our journey is done and we leave our bodies and we go back toward home and sometimes we go straight there and sometimes there are other things that happen so 
when you and I talked afterwards, we were so excited about uh, the conversation. We decided that we really needed to kind of delve further into well, what really does happen after we leave our bodies? And mm-hmm. so uh, I thought that maybe today I could share some of that. And I want to preface it by saying that there's no reason to fear any of what we're going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. And my personal way of seeing this is that creation has a lot of neighborhoods. And sometimes we get lost and get into the wrong one and don't know our way home. Mm-hmm. Or sometimes we get there and we're having so much fun we don't want to leave. So mm-hmm. um, that's kind of my attitude. Just want to preface it with that because um, some of this topic is a little on the heavy side, not, mo- mm-hmm. not most of it. But um, I, I don't want to propagate any issues of fear or concern with anyone. So mm-hmm. um, that being said, <laughs> there, when we pass, when it's a normal passing, and I have actually literally walked people across to the other side. Some mm. of us are able to do that. And when you do, you see different things depending on that person's belief system. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of what a person experiences at the very first of their passing is based on what they believe. So some people will see big open grassy fields and then enter a forest. Some people will see clouds and, um, you know, or or other relatives that have passed or other mm-hmm. people who come to meet them. Um, there's any number of, of, of ways to be greeted on the other side, all mm-hmm. very beautiful for the most part. Um, when we pass away naturally, it's generally very peaceful, and that's the first thing that happens. And then we go through times of learning or processing the life we just left, our, our even sometimes our other lifetimes and our future lives. Mm. And and so they're kind of like pit stops. You can think of it a, like coming up from a deep sea dive, okay? When you go really deep as a scuba diver and you come back towards the surface, you have to stop every so many feet, 60 feet I think it is, in order to equalize so that you don't get nitrogen bubbles in your blood. Well, mm-hmm. crossing over is a similar process for many different reasons, and it varies from person to person. Some people have lived their lives beautifully, done everything they meant and wanted, and mm-hmm. they're really ready to go home, and they go straight into the light. Other people go through these different processes for healing to review them their lives, um, some of the other things that I mentioned, mm-hmm. and some people don't realize they're gone yet. Mm-hmm. They, It hasn't occurred to them that they're not in their bodies anymore, mm-hmm. and they get kind of confused, and so they hang around for a while mm-hmm. until they get it sorted out. You may have heard of certain people that have the ability to send them home, uh, mm-hmm. help show them the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of people advertise that they're able to do that. That's very real. Um, all they need is an awareness and kind of a bit of a nudge to go on home. And that's not a bad thing. It's just kind of giving them a map 
where they're headed. So mm-hmm. um, they're just confused, and so they hang around. What a lot of people don't realize is that most people that pass will actually hang around for several days and even attend their own funerals. Mm. Um, it, it's it, I've heard a number of stories about people having experiences with their deceased relatives uh, contacting them in some form uh, during their funeral service. Uh, at my own dad's service, I was there were a lot of people that came out of the woodwork. He was well known in the business world in his area, and he was a jock in college and high school, and had a lot of old buddies, you know. And um, there were, as as in any gathering like that, there are also people who are insincere and go because they think they should, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was surrounded by one of those particular groups of people, uh, mm-hmm. and they were telling me all this stuff that I knew was not true. <laughs> and I felt this tugging on my arm, and I, like, brushed it off thinking, wow, someone's really being rude, and I didn't turn and look. And somebody kept pulling at my arm, and I turned, and there was no one visibly there. And I realized that my dad was pulling me toward the door. He was not okay with what was going on, Mm. and he was trying to get me to move away from those people and was literally pulling me toward the exit. (laughs) And uh, there were several things like that that happened uh, during the service. That's really quite common. Uh, People want to know who cared and who shows up, and, and they also often are concerned about who they've left behind. So they'll stick around for a while. And when they do that, you might smell them if they wore a cologne or a perfume or mm-hmm. certain things will show up out of nowhere or uh, you'll get a sense of their presence. Mm-hmm. Um, a couple of examples uh, of, I think I mentioned this in our last talk, I know one person, when her mother comes around, pennies come out of thin air. I actually saw it. Uh, another person, it was dimes. I don't know why, but that was their signal. Um, and people will do something that means something to the person they're trying to contact mm-hmm. and uh, to get their attention and let them know they're there. Um, and eventually, they will go on. Uh, but in some is this, cases, is this what you, what you're talking about in terms of? Because I think if people want to know, like you know, we see all of these scary movies and things like that. Are those the extremes? Are those? Are there, are there, is there any uh, validity in, in in some of these quote quote unquote thrillers and ha- horror movies and hauntings and ghosts and all of that, or are they just coming to t- teach us something, show us something? Um, actually, there is validity, and there are several circumstances. I was telling you first the positive side. Oh, okay. And, All right. Uh, and and sometimes people hang around because they have something that's unfinished, or they wanted to say and didn't get a chance to, mm-hmm. or they have such a deep emotional connection to a person or people, or some even an object that they will stay uh, until that person passes as well. They'll wait for them. And and that's not uncommon at all. Uh, what you see in the movies is the darker side of the subject. And it's often exaggerated, but not always. <laughs> there mm-hmm. are some uh, really significant events that have taken place 
such as the Amityville Horror, the events that happened in that house that were so dangerous and and terrifying. And um, there are a lot of reasons uh, that those kinds of hauntings take place. With hauntings, there are two kinds. One, that the, the person has passed has actually gone to the light and come back for perhaps one of those reasons I mentioned a minute ago. Mm-hmm. They go home, but they, they, they still have a, a need to fulfill, so they come back. Others, the ones that create those really scary events, have not found their way home, have not gone to the light, and are motivated by perhaps an event or an instability or it could be any of number of things that causes them to be uh, offer sociopaths, so to speak. You know, mm-hmm. they're they're mean, they're nasty. They can physically hurt people. Mm-hmm. They can physically move things, and they feed off of the energy of people's fear. Mm-hmm. And so the, they realize that the more they act out. And the more afraid people get, the stronger they get, so their antics intensify. And and then it can become a dangerous situation. Mm-hmm. Some of them are just like kids throwing tantrums <laughs> and really aren't harmful, but it can be scary if you don't understand how all this works. Sure, of course. So for the most part, hauntings are not dangerous and are simply people who have gone to the other side who either don't know their way home, have concerns, or have ill intent for some reason uh, toward a person or a situation. Um, A really good example is in Pendleton, Oregon, there's an underground. They call it the Pendleton Underground, and I actually did an interview about it for Halloween, and wow, did they do a whack job on me. I'll never talk to those people again. Mm. <laughs> they edited my interview into a sensationalized untrue story is what they did. But mm. when you go down under there, one of the earlier rooms that you enter into, there is a malevolent spirit there. Mm-hmm. And I have actually seen him slam doors. I mean hard. And move things, make noises, um, and it can be really scary. It's very dark down there. And there is another being who's not in the underground, but in the entrance area, there's a bathroom area that didn't used to be there. So mm-hmm. sometimes they come with the land, not with the building. You know, sometimes it's from history rather than a specific, like, location building wise or something buildings get torn down other things get built but there they remain because it's what they knew and some people will stay in their homes when they pass you know um that kind of thing but uh back to my example of the pendleton underground there's Mm -hmm. a woman dressed in 1800s attire um our area out here uh was filled with pioneers who came and covered wagons and and homesteaded land. I actually live on one of those places. 
and and so there's a woman dressed like that who's very busy and not aware of anyone else being around her that I have seen every single time I've been there. And as you move through the underground, it was literally a city entity. There was an opium den that the Chinese railroad workers used. Um, there was a place where they made ice. It's cool down there. Um, mm. There's all kinds of rooms. So it's a really significant, really, if you're into experiencing hauntings, it's a very cool place to go to because there's so many different types. Mm-hmm. Um, but the malevolent kind will act, can actually physically harm people. The When you see in the movies where people are scratched or or hit or grabbed, those kind of things, those literally can happen mm-hmm. if you're dealing with a malevolent. Um, but still, it is a person that didn't cross to the other side. It's not a possession type thing. It's just somebody that left the planet with a whole lot of anger. And mm-hmm. they they feed off of what we do in our emotional reactions to that. So, um, And they are very stubborn and don't like to give up because that's probably how they ended up the way they were in the first place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. so, so those kind of things actually really happen. Um, poltergeists, um, there have been movies about that. Mm-hmm. And they are also quite real, and they are typically a malevolent spirit who attaches and feeds off of a specific person, usually young girls in their adolescent years. Why that is, I honestly don't know, mm-hmm. but they will attach to a family member, and the really crazy thing is people will move to get out of the house thinking it's something like a haunting and the poltergeist moves with them because they have energetically attached to someone in the family, like I said, usually mm-hmm. an adolescent female. So, um, And they are really troublemakers and uh, can cause things to fly across the room, uh, fall off the wall, furniture to move, uh, I, I've literally actually seen some of these things happen right in front of me. So um, I speak from a place of experience, not a an imagined one, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and so um, the whole thing about ghosts is, you know, it tends to be sensationalized. And what people don't realize is they're hanging around for a reason. And what we need to do is understand what's going on and if they need assistance or if it's part of their process and sometimes you can't figure that out but um, usually if they're hanging around and they've been to the light they come back they're doing so to support someone or to wait for them or you know they've gone home they've gone through their process and they're so determined because they love someone still here so much that they'll stand as guides or assistants to them. Uh, or they'll feel like an anchor, like they're just really giving strong support. And the closer they are, usually the more recent the death. And they will actually move 
farther and farther away from our reality until they actually finish crossing over and then we don't sense them anymore. Mm -hmm. And how long that takes depends on the person in the situation. Um, The ones that are of a negative nature are often caught in a place that some of us call the gray area. Um, Some religions might call it purgatory. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's It's a no man's land and it has different levels of distress. And it is very, very difficult to find your way out of. And it's not a nice place. It's not hell. It's not that kind of an inference. I'm not speaking of that. What I mean is it's a place where they go uh, for varying reasons because of the negative nature of their lives or how they left or what they carried in their hearts even. And they'll get in that place and everything painful is often amplified for them. Mm-hmm. And they'll start acting out, and sometimes they'll flash through uh, to our side briefly. And so some of the surprising things that happen can be coming from that place. That's a really awful place for a soul to be. Mm-hmm. But the good news is there are ways out. And if they, we'll just say, if they do their work they'll be able to find their way home. They're not forever stuck there. It's entirely up to them to come to realizations that open doorways for them. So um, that's one of the not-so-nice places that people can end up. But again, that's not the commonality, you know, so... What about uh, dates and certain, like, you know, certain dates, events in history and, and, and things like that that seemingly repeat themselves? Um, what what is, is 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 that? How is that related to this? This is something that I find really fascinating, and I'm really glad you asked me about that because because people confuse this with so-called hauntings, and it's not that at all. Remember, in past episodes, we talked about how light remembers and records mm-hmm. everything that ever happened. Mm-hmm. Okay, so imagine that there is an event taking place. There's a lot of emotion involved, a lot of uh, fear or passion even, or or any number of strong uh, emotions feeding the situation. For instance, at a certain time and a certain date, and I wish I could remember the details, but there is a field where an entire group of Civil War soldiers will come out of nowhere, seemingly, cross the field, and then vanish. There are stories of ghost trains that at a certain place, in a certain moment, on a certain date, they'll come barreling through. And you'll you'll see stories about in old hotels a woman on the stairway will show up at certain times. Mm-hmm. Or you'll see someone staring out of a window at certain times. Those type of things are literally recordings 
in the time-space continuum because they were so emotionally amplified that the energy of that event, of those emotions, actually still appears as if it's continually happening. Mm. Always at the exact moment and date of the actual original event. And this is quite typical. These are not ghosts. It's like watching, you know, Star Wars came out recently, and they they communicate with holograms, like R2-D2 makes his little videos, mm-hmm. okay? It's kind of like that. It's a recording that shows up um, on a key moment. And so that is not a true haunting. That is... Uh, what I call an imprint, and mm, mm-hmm. and it's perfectly harmless. You can walk right through them, but also they might come with a sense of temperature change, um, mm-hmm. particularly in hauntings. Temperatures will change dramatically, usually to quite cold. Mm-hmm. Um, when you enter an area where there's uh, a spirit present, uh, but you'll sense the emotions of the events. Uh, there was an old hotel that I knew intimately. I was a real estate broker, and uh, I knew the history. I knew a lot of the events that had happened there. And every time I showed it, I saw stuff, you know. And uh, there was there were different events that had happened there, and they were imprinted. Uh, interestingly. I always knew that place would burn, and I remember saying to someone, this stairwell is going to act like a chimney when this place burns. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it ever did, but ultimately it actually did go down. It did go up in flames, and um, I had picked that up from um, who kept showing up as I went around. through. It was a huge building. Mm. Um, old, old. It was actually an old hotel and had been in, turned into a bed and breakfast. The railroad used to stop there. So mm-hmm. it had a lot of transients, a lot of different kinds of people, a lot of different events, uh, suicide, violence, um, but also some really beautiful ones. And mm-hmm. uh, that was another hodgepodge place of, of stuff. And so people can get very confused about what they're dealing with uh, when they go to places like that because the immensity of emotion that comes with their appearances or visitations and even the imprints can be overwhelming mm-hmm. because yeah. that's what caused them in the first place. Mm-hmm. So you may actually pick that up and that's how um, people who are intuitive are actually able to tap in. They start feeling that and then they'll track into it and get more information and are actually able to get full descriptions and even names and descriptions of the events because it's so clear in the energy of the spirit who's visiting or hasn't left. So it's it's a fascinating subject to me because of all its nuances and the possibilities of well which is it? You know, mm-hmm. which what are what are we looking at here? Mm-hmm. And uh and but yet it's nothing to be afraid of. It just is a part of the the process of of n- not being in a physical body anymore 
has wow. so many different aspects to it. We talked about, uh, or uh, we 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 started to talk about this uh, in our in our last show, and, and and that is as you and you were saying uh, too in this uh, in, in this one, various different types of deaths. I mean, um, I don't know. Did we ever talk about what happens with you know different types of violent deaths, suicide? Um, as you said, sometimes we're, we we pass over and don't even know we're gone. I remember there was a movie years ago. I still love to this day, uh, starring uh, oh, I think his name is Tim. Tim Burton, I believe, uh, uh, was called Jacob's Ladder. And it was a story about um, this uh, war, a, a Vietnam uh, war veteran who uh, was killed, uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, but he didn't know it. And he just woke up and started, you know, living his life. But all of these strange things started occurring in his life, and he started seeing things. And uh, Danny Aiello was this angel that was in the movie, uh, and uh, Danny Aiello was trying to guide him to to the light. Uh, and uh, then uh, he he had a girlfriend, uh, aptly named Jezebel, uh, who who kind of represented his dark side, and he was just fighting back and forth. And uh, what was fascinating at the end of the movie, we all realized, oh my God, he was dead all along. He had passed over all along. But this was his process of of, of going through uh, the Jacob's Ladder, and, and it was absolutely amazing. Talk to us about, uh, I guess, that, that, that process of, of, of different types of death. Does that change how uh, the soul uh, and our etherical body uh, ourselves, uh, uh, you know, move to the next uh, dimension? It absolutely can, and I touched on a normal death pretty well, I think, mm-hmm. and we really ran out of time last time, and we were just going into this place um, and needed to end the interview because of the time factor, so I, I didn't really get to explain that. When a person meets a sudden death, whether it's through a car accident or, well, there's never an accident, but through uh, an event that is literally they're thrown out of their bodies. They die Mm -hmm. quickly Mm -hmm. uh, of of the impact or whatever the, the bullet, whatever the case might be. They're thrown out of their bodies, and they don't know they're gone. And they actually can, just as you described, will be so unaware that they've left that they actually do try to live their lives for a time until someone or an angelic being or some other loving spirit helps them realize that they need to go home. They don't have time to have a realization. They die so quickly, they don't see it coming so they don't have a frame of reference for the fact that they've crossed over. And interestingly, that can happen with animals too. Mm. Quite sadly, I'm actually dealing with that right now. I had a beautiful companion, uh, Great Pyrenees, who apparently during the night last week um, went after a coyote. We are out in the middle of nowhere, and that was his job. And the coyote led him somewhere he'd never been. 
and they got onto a train track apparently, and he was hit by a train and killed. Mm-hmm. His Sorry. favorite, his favorite thing in the world. I have a, a UTV vehicle, uh, a utility vehicle that I drive around the ranch. You know, it's kind of like a four wheeler, but mm-hmm. nicer. And his favorite thing in the world was to go with me for rides every day to do my chores. Mm. He's still there. I see him, and I feel him, and every time I sit in the seat in there, my heart opens so hugely, it hurts. Mm. And so it can happen to animals, too. He doesn't know he's gone yet. Mm -hmm. I tried to send him home, but he totally ignored me, and Mm -hmm. he, he, he will. He will go on. But um, it, it can happen with animals, and it can happen with people. If it happens with an animal, uh, a lot of times you'll catch that animal out of the corner of your eye somewhere in your house or in your yard, wherever, um, especially if they were you were real bonded with them and spent a lot of time with them. Mm-hmm. They'll stay with you for, for a period, and then they'll move on uh, once they catch on. <laughs> but um, people do the same thing. And I, I'm fascinated by when those movies are so well written, like the one you described, because that actually does happen. And there comes a time where that soul, that person, actually starts to realize, wait a minute, something's wrong. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and then they start questioning things, and uh, they might move through a lot of different emotions or challenges. Uh, because it's something none of us really wants to look at. We don't want to, you know, we spend our whole lives trying to live, not die. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> the, the the interesting thing is is what our frame of reference is and, and what we believe. And in South America, they have a really beautiful thing, and it used to really scare me when I first started going down there. I didn't understand. They have skulls everywhere. I mean, mm, they hang mm-hmm. every kind of a, uh, something you can make out of a skull, they do it. And working as I do, as you know, with the indigenous people, I finally came to realize that they're, rec- they're reminders of that the angel of death could come and take you at any time. Will you be ready? Will you have settled all that you mean to. Mm-hmm. It's a reminder to to live the way that you really want to and to do the things you want to do and say the things you want to say. And I think it's a phenomenal reminder. Um, in Teotihuacan, we actually, uh, I did a lot of work down there. And there are a series of ceremonies and initiations that kind of take you down to a raw place and then rebuild you from a place of your own truth, not Mm. all the stuff that sidelines you in life. And part of the exercise is there's a river that crosses the Avenue of the Dead um, that traverses the entire site. And I use an intuitive for the ceremony, and she represents the angel of death. And the night before, everybody has to call everyone and say how they feel, and write their will, and prepare. And it's a really, really good wake-up call for people. Mm-hmm. And then the next morning early, I take them for that walk to meet the angel of death. 
And she's so good. Oh, my God, she's so good at this. And she will say, are you ready? And everyone says yes. But if she notes any hesitation, she'll send them back. Mm. Meaning, you're not ready to go. you got things to learn still. Mm-hmm. And and I love now, that. One would think, one would think that, that, you know, because this is, this is fascinating to hear this. It's, it's mm-hmm. kind of like estate planning for your etherical self. Yeah. Um, uh, which I think is absolutely brilliant. You plan everything else. Why not that? Um, right. Especially the place where you're going to be uh, far longer than you're going to be here in the physical uh, in the physical realm. No, this is a vacation. This is a this is a side trip. Right. This is not the truth of who we are. Completely. You know? um, yeah. So that being said, does it uh, 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 cause people to have uh, to be afraid? To say, well, if I do this, does that mean that I'm going to die now, or does that mean I'm, you know, to because it's kind of, you know, some you mean doing the, the exercise? Yeah, doing the exercise. Do, you know, do they, do, as as a result of being prepared for death and ready to pass on, does that do anything in terms of speeding up your time? Uh, Absolutely uh, not. Okay. In fact, it it does quite. It's it's nothing more than having a mirror standing there for you to look at your true self. Mm. Am I living the way I want to live? Am I doing what I really want to do? Am I truthful with myself? Because that's Mm -hmm. really, um, that's a part of how they're guided to look at themselves when they meet the angel. And, And the truth is, when people are going to pass, very often an angelic will come and stand vigil and wait to guide them across. And so that ceremony is hundreds of years old, by the way. Mm. And and it's actually based on real events. And it's it's used as an awareness, nothing more. There's there's no risk in doing it, or I wouldn't do it. You mm-hmm. know, uh, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have done it. I'm I'm not working down there temporarily. Um, Mexico's too iffy right now. I don't want to take people down there and put them at risk with all mm-hmm. the craziness that's been happening. So, sure. Uh, but but it's you know when you we we live our whole lives fearing death, most of us. And then when something happens and we face our mortality, it changes our lives. We see things differently. We do things differently. And so that whole South American concept, I think, is a magnificent thing. I've always Mm -hmm. taught people, you know, be what you intend. What are you trying to create? People go to classes after class, you know, seminars and workshops, Mm -hmm. looking Mm -hmm. for answers. And and I always ask, you know, who is it that you mean to be? And they don't normally know where they're trying to head because they don't mm-hmm. understand. Mm-hmm. And, and I'll just tell them that the answer is simple: be what you intend. Wow, would this would this exercise and this process help those who are depressed to the point of almost suicide? Would it help them uh, find uh, their purpose uh, and and find their way? As you say, it's a mirror for them um, that uh, when you when you get to the point where you're so depressed that you just don't want to be here uh, and you're self-destructive and, and and what have you. Would 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 that be a, would this exercise be a good 
way a, a good way for that audience for those for those uh, uh individuals um to find their true purpose and mission and find how beautiful death is and that as a result of that they they still have a value they still have something to to offer and something to do mhm you know that is a significant question and i'm sitting here conflicted on how to answer it and the reason is that when people are depressed to the point of being suicidal their rationale is uh, a bit twisted their their sense of truth is is has taken them to a point of despair and they're very fragile and mm-hmm. this kind of exercise could do one of two things it could either shock them in, into realize, realizing what they're doing to themselves or it could give them the confidence they need to, to do what they threaten to do or not set spoken mm-hmm. so I, I, I don't really know that I would play with that um it's it's a powerful exercise because mm-hmm. they they actually have to start in hell and work their way out mm-hmm. and, and 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 go through a number of letting go of things pre- preparing for death they go through uh literally a burial of themselves it's it's symbolic but they bury something they go through uh, a, a mental area. They go through an emotional area, and they go through a spiritual area. And uh, I'm kind of putting this out of order for the true ceremony, but and ultimately they meet the angel of death, and and then from there you become empowered. You start to rebuild yourself, and 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 you learn wonderful, massively powerful things. And so from that standpoint, it it might be a really powerful teaching tool for people mm-hmm. like that. On the other hand, it could really backfire. So mm-hmm. I'd be very careful about trying to recreate what we're talking about without knowing all the details how to keep people safe. There are ways to keep people safe before we do this. Mm-hmm. Um, that I preface it with. So um, I'm, I'm just using it as an example of how people in other parts of the world view death because we, as Americans, tend to be afraid of it. And we do not do things in life because we're afraid. Mm-hmm. And my entire point of this conversation was to say, don't be afraid of anything. Go for it. Grab the brass ring. Take chances. You know, you always have another choice. And there's no reason, this is really bad English, there's no reason to not make that other choice if you're not happy with the way things are turning out. Mm-hmm. And and there's no reason to fear that the moment when it comes. And and we literally tend to live our lives based on things that we're taught directly relative to what's going to happen when we pass. Mm, wow. I'm going to tell you there is no committee there waiting to judge you. 
<laughs> exactly. We get to ju- we get to judge ourselves mm-hmm. for our life review. Ask Daniel Brinkley about it sometime. He'll tell you how painful that was, and what people experience. And I think we touched on this a little bit last time, where we actually see our entire lives through the eyes of the people that we've touched and how they felt by our interactions. And mm-hmm. whoa, that's just knowing about that. Um, really made me look at how do I treat people, how do I treat myself, you know. Mm-hmm. Is there anything I need to make amends for? Uh, really changed how I looked at life and things and how I might be affecting other people. And um, that was significant just as an awareness. And we don't realize the effect we have and what we leave behind and how it ripples outward into other generations and other lives and and so it it really comes down to being what you intend and being in integrity with ourselves, as we talked about previously, knowing ourselves intimately, knowing what's true for us, and living that and being that and being unwavering in that truth, but also open to new and different possibilities mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. everything is an, in, an infinite state of evolution. So... Nothing is definitely true forever, <laughs> you know, except the fact that we, we come and we go in, in our lifetimes. And, uh, and even that has certain relevances. So it, we, we limit ourselves during life. And that was why I wanted to talk about this, because the truth is we don't have to. And what happens when we leave has everything to do with how we live. So and what we believe and what we know. So giving ourselves the opportunity to have those experiences and be comfortable with who we are has everything to do with how wonderful our experience can be when we do decide it's time to go. Mm, I love that. So is this a part of what you're going to be doing in Guatemala or is this another, is this, is this a different uh, retreat? Um, this is Guatemala's different. Um, in this case, we will be. I will be working with the Mayan elders, the highest I, uh, Mayan elders in Guatemala, and in fact, mostly in the world. Um, I'll be working with Grandmother Elizabeth Arujo and uh, uh, Don Alexander, uh, who is the highest Mayan elder. Master, I forget his title. I'm so sorry. Uh, he's got like six of them or something, and I never get it right, so I'm not going to try. <laughs> but he's 88 years old, and he is significantly well known in indigenous circles. And anyone who works in the uh, spiritual world has probably heard of him. He actually asked to join us, and I was pretty blown away by that. And you know, I'm going to let this trip be whatever it evolves into because I have a real strong sense that magic is afoot here of of the beautiful kind and, and the way that this trip came together and, and the way it's evolving is is really I'm I'm fascinated I'm kind of kind of just sitting back watching but we will be doing high ceremony there mm-hmm. and we we will be visiting their sacred areas like Tikal and some of the other ones and um I really don't know what we're going to do. 
we I the when I do work with the indigenous and I do work um, I call it working with the truth whatever's given in that moment is what you do you don't plan uh, something to be a certain way because then it's not completely true you have to let it be what it is it's like when I go to Peru I have an itinerary I always have an itinerary but the shamans and I will look at each other and we will immediately know we're not supposed to go do that we're supposed to go do this other thing Mm -hmm. And and I tell everybody my trips are fluid that way because then they're in truth and and we keep it that way. And and I have every reason to believe that this trip is going to be very similar to that, only it's going to bring some new things to everyone. And um, the Mayans are working very hard to help us understand some of the things that you and I have been talking about, about life and death and, Mm -hmm. and, and how... The, the periods of time and human evolution work and what they mean and and uh, the Mayans are steeped in history that way and I just can't wait to really, really be immersed with them like everyone else that's coming and, and be working side by side with some of the world's masters. Uh, Absolutely. Uh, and and older older heritage, you know. So, yeah. So thanks how for can asking. People, absolutely. How can people uh, uh, sign up and, and and get more information? Thanks. Um, just go to my regular website, which is spirit l i t e s p i r i t l i t e dot com, and click on my schedule, and then click on journeys. And I don't have a lot listed. I've been insanely busy, and I'm way behind. <laughs> But the Guatemala trip is on there. And um, also, uh, the WESAC conference in Mount Shasta that I usually speak at is coming up in a, the next couple of weekends. I will be sending out um, on to all my social networking discount ticket codes for them. I'm not able to be there this year. But um, they, they support Meals on Wheels. And it's a service that's very dear to my heart because there are a lot of people who are housebound and can't get out to get what they need. So mm-hmm. it's a and a hundred percent of the proceeds go to Meals on Wheels. I have seen them write the checks myself, so I know. Mm. Um, if you're in the area or you've always wanted to go to Mount Shasta, um, I'll be sending that out in the next day or two. And if you want a code sooner, just email me at. Uh, Doc Spirit, D O C S P I R I T, at, uh, oh gosh, what is it? That's in the light.org, I think. Or just, there's there's ways to contact me from the website. Just click on that. Okay, okay. I forget, I got like 10 email addresses. I know you do. I know you do. <laughs> I thought you had an AOL. I do, but that's my personal one. I don't oh, okay, okay. We don't want to do that. No, no. I, well, yeah. yeah. Well, I then it would not. be the, then it would be the dot org then if it whatever the um, uh, if it's tagged to your website then it would be the dot org. Yeah, that's probably what it. I'm pretty sure that it's at touchingthelight.org. All one yeah. word. Oh, and on that one, light is L I G H T. Uh, okay. Sorry to get confusing, but um, L I G H T was taken when I did the Spirit Light site, so. Um, it's always so fun working with you. I, I just want you. I want to, well, back to you. <laughs> I just <laughs> want to say how awesome it is 
to be able to just sit and chat about such amazing things and and not dramatize and traumatize these ideas and these knowings, but rather help people understand the reality of them so that it helps to bring a calmer state to everyone. And that is one way that, you know, by how we live as examples in our world is how we change the world. Mm-hmm. And every one of us that walks in truth contributes to the long-term success of us as a race, as, as an entirety of people. So I'm really thrilled to be able to share anything and everything um, as we speak, and and those are my true intentions. And uh, I still stand by my motto that weird is wonderful. And, Absolutely. And if you have questions about anything that we talk about, feel free to email me at that Doc Spirit address. Um, I'm really good about answering people. Just don't write me pages and pages. They overwhelm me. <laughs> exactly. I get so many emails. That's why I have so many addresses. I try to um, segment what goes where so I know which things to address immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. <laughs> Fantastic. Doc, yeah. uh, thank you so much for for sharing with me in this series. And uh, we've got so much more to talk about, so many more subjects that we can now expand upon uh, and then bring into real life and real life uh, issues that are happening to people right now. Uh, so I just want to say I love you and I thank you. And, and uh, I, know for, I know for a fact everybody listening uh, loves you and thanks you as well. Uh, because well, they just, well, thanks, we, everyone. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, we'll see. We'll uh, we'll see you next time on the Philippe Matthews Show uh, Radio Show Live. And uh, uh, thank you, Doc, for being with me. My pleasure, always, Philippe. All right. Take care, everybody. Take care, Doc. You too, Philippe.